This week, we're revisiting some of our more intriguing episodes of 2023. And in the food world, the surge of food halls in the Valley was one of the hottest trends of the year. Eat your heart out. The food hall at Durango Station, which just opened this month, it's the latest to make a big splash. And since this episode aired, the Rio has also announced plans for a new food hall to open early next year. Today on CityCast Las Vegas, we bring back a conversation that former co-host Vogue Robinson had with food influencer Phil Zhang, a.k.a. Las Vegas Phil, about what food halls are bringing to Las Vegas. With some very high-profile national restaurants jumping in, it's safe to say that this is not your old-school food court and might even signal the end of the famous Las Vegas buffet. It's Thursday, December 28th. I'm David Figler, and here's what Las Vegas is talking about. Today, we've got Phil Zhang on the show, better known, though, as Las Vegas Phil. Phil, welcome to the show. Hey, Vogue. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. I've been scrolling through your Instagram page and looking at all the good things. I think I found brisket that I'm about to go try. So uh, thank you for your ministry. Absolutely. Absolutely. The pleasure is literally all mine. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) I need a work day with you, too. So I've been hearing about food halls in Las Vegas. And before we started prepping for this interview, I was like, I don't, what is a food hall? So can you please break this down for me and the other people who do not know what's a food hall? How do they work? Absolutely. So food halls are basically just an elevated version of a food court. Mm -hmm. Instead of just slapping hot dog on a stick and a Cinnabon, you have carefully curated gourmet restaurants Chefs with years and years of experience kind of going in there and doing their own thing. So it's really just a really cool, diverse, wide range of cuisines. That's what would be to be expected in a food hall. And I think there's some really good ones in Vegas now. Yeah, I'm I'm not surprised at all about that. You said carefully curated, right? So who does the curating? Well, whoever does is a really lucky person. I remember when Block 16 at Cosmopolitan opened maybe in 2018, I believe this was, The executives who were there were saying they drove to every state, tried a bunch of street food, and then whittled 100 potential people in the food hall to, I think they have like six or eight. So that's a great job, really cool experience. And so I think Block 16 at Cosmopolitan was really the groundbreaking of food halls in Las Vegas, and they really did a great job. Uh, Hattie B's, which is definitely the most popular hot chicken in America still, Right. Um, I was like, I think I just know, saw something about them. Yeah. And what a coup to get one of the most popular restaurants in Nashville all the way to Vegas. How did they convince them? Because there were so many other people that were interested in franchising them and all that kind of stuff. And that continues to be the most popular uh, stop at that food court. And really, all the businesses kind of rally around Hattie B's, it seems like. So since that happened, and after the pandemic, buffets weren't that favorable anymore. And so a lot of places like Aria converted their buffets into the Proper Eats Food Hall, which just opened in December. 
and there's more to come. I think a lot of the buffets are kind of going to be phased out and it's just going to turn into food court, uh, not food courts, but food halls now. <laughs> it's like, wait, which one is it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. If I see a Panda Express, it's not a food hall. It's a food court. Ah, okay. So it's really about <laughs> the caliber. Okay. Ooh, we're getting the good, good stuff. So, I mean, as someone who's been covering food in Vegas since 2016, why do you think food halls are so big right now? Like, what's the hype? And why why would somebody come all the way from Nashville to put something into, you know, an upscale food court? Sure. Let me just preface this by saying I'm a total food snob. I don't do all-you-can-eat sushi. I don't do all-you-can-eat barbecue. <laughs> I haven't been to a Las Vegas buffet probably since 2019, and that's because my friends made me go. So buffets are not my thing okay, at all. Why would I want to pay extra $60 or $80, whatever it is now, for a whole section that I'm just going to ignore. And now I can go get the best of whatever is offered just in that one station and pay for that one station. And I think that's cool. Why do you think now is the time for everybody to really be interested in food halls? Like I've seen like six different articles <laughs> about food <laughs> halls in Vegas, things you need to know about food halls in Vegas. This new one is opening up. So why now? Well, because buffets are just not as favorable anymore. If you go to a buffet in Las Vegas, like Wynn and Caesars, the quality is not the same as it was three years ago at mm -hmm. all. I think there's maybe only six to eight buffets left. I mean, if you look at places like Orleans and Palace Station, places that used to be very popular with locals, I mean, those are all gone. I think from a cost perspective for resorts, this is just a smarter way to go. It's a great way to connect with brands that have never been in the Las Vegas market and hopefully they flourish and you know new things can happen with them, whether it's other resorts or a real big brick and mortar style restaurant. It constantly amazes me that Las Vegas is turned into the Olympics of food, basically. If you go down <laughs> any single street, you have high caliber chefs who formerly worked on the strip that are opening up their own places and doing just amazing things out there. And I think it's more of a cost thing than anything else for the resort. That's why they're hot now. Ah. But they've done a great job putting it together. And I love the fact that if I have six to eight friends who can't decide on where to eat, the food hall is really just the best place. Because if you can't find anything there, then you need to find new friends. <laughs> So that's the thing I was thinking about when uh, that idea. Like for me, I'm I'm not a food snob. I'm here for it. But <laughs> I I loved as a kid being able to go to Hot Dog and the Stick to get my green lemonade because I always found that so fascinating. So I can get my green lemonade over here, but I can go get my orange chicken over here, and then I can get a slice of Sbarro's over there. This feels like the grown up version <laughs> of being able to choose what you want. But it sounds like you're saying that food halls are really replacing the Las Vegas buffet because the costs. I think it's probably some things connected to the pandemic as well. Just, you know, open food, open air, all those different precautions people want to take now. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if they could have Prince Street and Shang Artisan Noodle offer unlimited bowls of you know, beef noodle soup and pizza uh, at a buffet, they probably would. But I mean, <laughs> those brands wouldn't want to do that ever. So right. it's really the next best thing. And they get to keep, so you get to keep your autonomy, your your identity as a, as a restaurant and with a feel and a vibe your food still gets maintained at that high level quality, but you're still in a space where there's a bunch of other restaurants around. Yes, yes. And then places like Famous Foods or Resorts World has done some cool stuff. They have that really cool disco ball restroom. Mm -hmm. Proper Eats has a, a speakeasy behind the donut shop. Oh, 
Of um, course. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> I've of never course. been, but interesting. Yeah, Got to do it for the gram. So those are, are kind of cool things that they've added. So yeah, there's a whole other layer that they're trying to put on uh, with all that stuff too. But what do you think we're losing if we lose like the iconic Vegas buffet? Well, a lot of YouTube vloggers are going to be losing a lot of content because the buffets always smash for most of the YouTube vloggers. <laughs> but I, I think, yeah, one of the most popular random DMs that I get all the time is, where's my favorite buffet? Mm-hmm. And so the idea of Vegas and Vegas buffets kind of go hand in hand. And But there's still enough around for people to want to do that. I mean, when Cosmopolitan still probably remain the two best buffets on the strip. And I don't think those are ever going away. Uh, or Caesar, yeah, Caesars as well. If anything, they're just going to keep charging more. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the uh, Bacchanal buffet is for dinner is what? Almost a hundred bucks. Yeah. I was like, it's about $89 last time I went, but that was pre 2020. Yeah. So I think that's just going to keep happening with the buffets. The price is just going to keep going up. Mm-hmm. And eventually, I mean, there are a couple of great buffet options off the strip. Like, for example, some people don't know about like Mint Indian Bistro. Mm-hmm. This is a great daily lunch buffet for like yeah, 18 bucks. Super good. Of course, all the all-you-can-eat sushi places, which are just constantly killing it. But they're serving like the lowest quality cuts. I mean, they're not interested in the satisfaction of the customers. They just want to get them as full as possible. Korean barbecue places offering all you can eat I'm, are using non-grade beef these days, uh, and people don't know that. But I don't think a lot of the Las Vegans even care about the quality. They just want to be full. I see that in the comments all the time. If I go to a fancy restaurant, oh, I bet you had a cheeseburger after this crazy mini nine-course dinner that I had. All-you-can-eat buffets will still be around, it just on a much lesser scale than ever before. So who are the food halls for? I think it's primarily geared towards uh, families, up-and-coming gourmands that perhaps aren't ready to spend, you know, $500 a person at Kame, or where they can go to Tekka Bar at Cosmopolitan and still have a great sushi meal for $38 per person. And if you just want to say, if you're only in town for a couple days, three days, it's a great way to hit up a bunch of different eats in a really convenient way. Um, personally for me though, I always, I view food halls as kind of like a lunch thing for me. I don't view it as a dinner option just because it's too casual. Anyone who would consider taking a date there should probably reconsider that date. <laughs> <laughs> Although I would say Proper Eats has done a, a good job. I mean, they've set up a really nice bar area. There are more loungy-ish seats than like the standard table with the pull-out chairs. So I think they're trying to get to that. And which one is that one again? Proper Eats. Proper Eats. Food at, uh, at Aria. They, it replaced the entire buffet. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's yeah, so they've got some interesting concepts in there. They have a sushi bar, uh, which I'm actually checking out Friday. Um, they have Pizza Aoki, Steve Aoki's pizza concept. There's a Jewish deli and what else? A Korean fried chicken fusion restaurant called yes. Soul Bird. Oh my God. And, uh, and a few others as well. So, but every time I pass by there, it looks like it's hopping. It's just a good place to hang out.
other than Proper Eats, like which food halls in Las Vegas would you recommend and why? For sure. Block 16, because it is the original. Um, it does have, have Hattie B's. It has Ghost Donkey, which is that secret Mezcal bar. Oh. They also have Bong Bar, which is uh, David Chang Momofuku's uh, shawarma concept, which is really interesting. Okay, David. And, uh, okay. Yeah. And then Tekka Bar, which is my favorite casual restaurant. It's the sushi restaurant in the food court. So basically, they just sell sushi hand rolls. Uh, they roll up the sushi, place it on your little paper mat, and you have to eat it within 90 seconds, basically. Um, and then they just bring the next one. So it's a really quick, casual uh, lunch or dinner or late night that only takes about 20 minutes, depending on how long the line is. Right. And I can imagine that being great for people who work in the casinos, too. Like, this is a great option for grabbing your lunch really quickly, but it- in an entirely different format with some better food options too. Totally. And then Famous Foods at Resorts World offers a lot of great primarily Asian food options that aren't available in Vegas at all. So I think that's a really cool place to kind of check out certain items, you know, stretch out, broaden your gourmet taste bud uh, horizons and, and try a bunch of different stuff there. Yeah, those would definitely be the top three. So now, okay, we got to do some big dreaming. This is like my favorite thing to do. <laughs> is okay. If you are the curator of a new food hall in Las Vegas, where's it going to be at? And then what are all the foods? What are the places? What's going to be in your dream Vegas food hall? Sure. So let's say six concepts. Okay. And um, I would location-wise... A place that doesn't have a food hall already, put it in there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think I still feel like Miracle Mile Shops is kind of a wasteland. Uh, so mm. I would I would actually put it there. Wasteland. Dang. You know, you're a harsh one, Phil. Like, I know, you I'm ain't holding snob. no punches, bro. All right. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. I just wasn't ready. I walked through there and it still feels like Aladdin to me. Like, you know, they try to dress it up and all that stuff. But at its core, I still feel like it's just an average place. And I think that's such a great location. So I I would actually put a food hall there mm-hmm. if, if we're talking about a place that doesn't have, don't have one already. Uh, number one off the top of my head for a food hall, a choice would be Mamoon's Falafel. Uh, I lived in New York City for 10 years. I lived in the same NYU dorm for four years, specifically because this falafel restaurant was within four minute walking food distance. Food location, of location, location. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it is by far, arguably the most popular falafel brand in the US. I would definitely bring them mm-hmm. in. So that would be number one. I also love Joe's Pizza. Sorry, I'm, I'm East Coast guy. So uh, Joe's Pizza, which is uh, my favorite pizza in New York City, I would bring them in. I'm sure a lot of people have tried and they just don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Also, again, for being East Coast, because I'm just thinking things I can't get in Las Vegas. Boston Sail Loft, which is uh, the best uh, lobster clam chowder place that I've been to in Massachusetts, I would actually have them in as well. So there'd be three. I would probably do a fancier sushi concept besides like the casual roll-up place, maybe like a real omakase style restaurant that you can get in and get out within an hour. And I think uh, Kame, which is on Spring Mountain, Mm -hmm. uh, would be my choice for that. Chef Eric Kim is doing a lot of cool and interesting things. And he's just one of my favorites and I would love to have him in there too. Mm. Let me think. Two more. Hmm. Dessert, dessert, dessert. Oh yeah. See, I I am not a dessert guy. I don't have any- Oh no. I would go with an extra appetizer every single time over a dessert. I don't know if we could be, not even oranges. Like I, what do you, (laughs) 
What are you saying <laughs> to me right are, now? I don't know. Fruit's not a dessert. Fruit but. is definitely a dessert. Fruit has like X okay. amount of sugar that is comparable to certain well, desserts. Well, don't then, play fruit in the streets like that. <laughs> okay. Well, in that case, I don't know. Have you ever had those crazy genetically modified Japanese fruits that are super expensive? Those These are insane. Like, I've we're never talking, had them, but I'm not above it. Yeah. $300 watermelons, $80 batches of grapes. Oh, um, I was just in Japan last August and there's a bunch of dessert places that incorporate those super high-end expensive fruits into the dessert. I think that would be that would be wild. Hmm. Yeah, if we okay. could do something like that. And um, Japanese are obsessed with French cuisine and everything French. It's a huge influence on their desserts. So to do like a high-end fruit French-Japanese fusion thing uh, would be amazing. Have you ever been to Suzuya? Or, no. Okay. Yeah, it's definitely one of the best Japanese bakeries around. Okay. Um, so kind of like an elevated ingredient version of that. Instead of using just great regular American strawberries, go with the the crazy pink ones, which are super juicy and quite pricey. Yeah. I like and that. Then, I'm down for it. <laughs> and the last one, probably for a business decision, you probably need at least one breakfast concept. Hmm. Um, even though I rarely leave the house before noon and and do brunch or breakfast options. I was going to say, maybe it should be a brunchy space so yeah. that, you know, it has a little bit of everything. So Because you can you can transform your breakfast ingredients into more lunch-based. I'm just trying to maintain their business all day long. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> this is my problem. Um, I'm convinced I've eaten a Roberto's breakfast burrito at every single hour of the day in the 16 years that I've lived here. So I love breakfast burritos. I don't think Roberto's would be the correct fit, but no. uh, something along those lines would be nice. Yeah, maybe just a general, maybe, I don't know, Egg Tuck. It's a Southern California egg sandwich brand mm -hmm. um, that's been blowing up over there. And I think perhaps that would be my my final restaurant to round out the, the six. I like this. I like the idea of if we made some that were like really, really themed. So if we put like in the historic West Side, a bunch of like kind of high end, interesting, like soul food spots. And mm -hmm. there's a couple of like the soulfully vegan is in the Bay Area, but there's like a vegan, like vegan soul food as well. I feel like that would be super interesting. And I feel like there should be, yeah, there should be a dessert row somewhere. <laughs> like that, I'm yeah. very, I don't play about my desserts. So I feel like there should be one that's all really cool and interesting desserts and see how that goes. Uh, I think that our, I don't know if this is our wrap up. This is our bonus question. <laughs> <laughs> but Durango Station is going to include Vesta Coffee in their food hall. Should Vegas food halls include more local brands or do you think, nah? Absolutely. Especially for hotel residents, hotel guests. I mean, you see the coffee lines at every place in the morning and why should Starbucks be collecting that money when a great place like Vesta or Makers and Finders or Coffee Religion or Founders could be getting that dough as well and do, do really great creative things that would probably surprise a lot of the guests hmm. and then make them kind of seek out the brick and mortar spots off the strip uh, when they come back on their next trip or even the next morning if they really like it that much. Mm. So absolutely. Yeah, I like that. And I like and now I'm like, oh, we found a brunch spot. I feel like makers and finders would be a cute brunch spot inside of your your six your six yeah, concept. Yeah. Or or maybe another coffee brand that isn't in Vegas yet, like La Colombe or something like that. Um that's like a coffee nerd's dream. Mm. And then maybe that'd be number seven on the on my dream food court list. Yes, because <laughs> coffee is also an all-day thing for many people. 
Well, Las Vegas Phil, thank you so much for taking time to be on CityCast Las Vegas. We really enjoyed this conversation. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully we can meet in real life and, and maybe chow down on some desserts. Yes, some fruit. <laughs> fruit, some fruit. My wife would be all about this. She's all about the fruit. <laughs> That's all for today here on CityCast Las Vegas. If you enjoyed the show, give the gift of free podcasts and share this episode with a friend. Then do us a solid and rate the show. Leave us a review and subscribe to our morning newsletter. We'll be back tomorrow morning with more news from around the city. Happy holidays, everyone. Yeah, how about for you? Do you how off uh, do you drink a lot of coffee? I am not a coffee person at all. I'm, no, I'm okay. mostly here for the sugar and the cream. Uh, but tea, <laughs> tea has been making me happy. So I'm as long as somebody has a tea option, I'm down. <laughs> awesome, awesome.